This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 118 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1983. Mr. Smith premiered on NBC on September 23, 1983, at 8 p.m., a show that seems to exist 20 years too late when gimmick shows ruled the roost. Mr. Smith is an orangutan who drank an experimental serum and became super intelligent. He also gained the power of speech. What to do with him? Obviously, put him in a business suit and spectacles and have him work for the government as a special consultant. Duh. Leonard Fry plays Smith's secretary, keeping the world from knowing the secret. Tim Dunnigan plays his former trainer, Terry Garber, a research scientist, and Stuart Margolin as her boss. First off, Mr. Smith was played by CJ, the ape from the Every Which Way You Can film franchise. We covered Leonard Fry in episode 106 for Best of the West. Tim Dunnigan played Face Man in the pilot of the A-Team, but was replaced by Dirk Benedict for the series as he looked too young for the role. The character is supposed to be a Vietnam vet, but Dunnigan was a sophomore in high school when the war ended. He went on to play the lead in the Captain Power Adventure series, as well as Davy Crockett in a Disney reboot. He quit acting in the mid-2000s and is now a mortgage broker. Terry Garber started on the soap Texas and played a major role on the North and South miniseries Post Smith. She became a mainstay on other soaps, Dynasty, Santa Barbara, General Hospital, As the World Turns. Today, she has an artisan soap-making business. I was surprised to find that Stuart Margolin had not yet been covered, but I shouldn't have been, since he tends to be more comic relief in dramas. He was all over TV, mostly in guest roles from the 60s to the 2000s. He was a regular or recurred on Ensign O'Toole, Nichols, Love American Style, Brett Maverick, Mom P.I., Beggars and Choosers, Tom Stone, but is probably best remembered as Snitch Angel on The Rockford Files, winning two Emmys for the role. Margolin got into directing in the 70s, doing The Love Boat, Bride of Violence, North of 60, Promised Land, Beggars and Choosers, Touched by an Angel, and Tom Stone, among others. He won a DGA award for Saltwater Moose in 1996. Mr. Smith's producer, Ed Weinberger, a producer for The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Taxi and Amen, a longtime writer for Carson's Tonight Show, and the voice of Mr. Smith, wisely buried this show online. I'm wondering if he made Mr. Smith on a bet. Apparently, Wallace Shawn was set to do the voice, but changed his mind when he realized that if he died, this would be his last role. It did manage to make it to 13 episodes and was nominated for a music Emmy. It's commonly included on You Won't Believe These Shows Were Actually Made lists. 
The opening song has a quasi-African theme. If you go to an encyclopedia, assuming you can still find one, and look up failed TV sequel, this will likely be depicted. Aftermash premiered on CBS on September 26, 1983 at 9 p.m. CBS had just watched the finale of the original series reach unheard of ratings, 10.37 on the Bazinga scale, so they were loath to walk away from it. Also, there were actors from MASH that didn't have any new gigs lined up. So, a show was quickly developed based on three main characters, Colonel Sherman Potter, Harry Morgan, Maxwell Klinger, Jamie Farr, and Father John Mulcahy, William Christopher. Rosalind Chow played Soon Yi, a character that Klinger met, fell in love with, and married during the MASH finale. Former supporting cast member Kelly Nakahara was also there as the voice of the PA system. The action takes place in Hannibal, Missouri, Potter is retired and hates it, although he finally gets to see his wife Mildred, Barbara Townsend, later Anne Pitoniak. So he gets a job at the local VA hospital working for a bureaucrat, John Chappelle. Potter gets word that Klinger, back in Toledo, needs work and hires him as his assistant. Mulcahy, who dealt with damaged hearing in the MASH finale and had become an alcoholic, came over to be the hospital's chaplain. Also in the cast... Brendis Kemp as a mean secretary, J.O. Sanders as a talented young surgeon, Wendy Shaw as another secretary, and Patrick Cranshaw as Potter's old World War I buddy and longtime hospital resident. In the second season, David Aykroyd was added as a hardened vet who had lost a leg in Korea, and a new administrator came on board, Peter Michael Getz. Of course, we've already covered the leads, Morgan way back in episode 11 for December Bride, and Farr and Christopher in episode 66 for MASH. We covered Rosalind Chow in episode 65 for Anna and the King, and Wendy Shaw in episode 103 for It's a Living. To say that Barbara Townsend was unlucky in love is an understatement. She started in acting, then retired when she married in 1938, Her husband died on a Navy destroyer in World War II. She returned to acting after the war in early live TV dramas, then retired a second time when she got married again. Her second husband, a doctor, died in Kenya 10 weeks after they moved there, and she stayed there for years. Aftermath was her only regular TV series, and she left after the first season doing guest spots into the 90s. Townsend passed in 2002. Anne Petoniak, who replaced her, started as a civilian actress touring army bases just after World War II. She stepped away from the business after marriage until the 80s, winning a Theater World Award and a Tony nom for Night Mother. Other stage work, Dance of Death, Imaginary Friends. She did a lot of TV guest work in the 80s and 90s and would later have a run on Third Watch. Films include The Survivors, Old Gringo, and V.I. Warshawski. Petoniak passed in 2007. John Chappelle would go on to a run in another TV sequel, the new WKRP in Cincinnati. 
He also appeared in Ten and Brubaker. Brandis Kemp earned a master's degree in drama and literature from Stanford. At a Shakespeare festival in Oregon, she met future husband Mark Blankfield. After theater and comedy troupe work in L.A., both joined the cast of ABC's SNL imitator, Fridays. After MASH producers saw her perform in a stage show as a prison matron and signed her up for the show, going from recurring to regular status. After After MASH, she did various guest TV roles into the 2000s. Kemp died of complications from COVID this year. J.O. Sanders is a prolific stage TV and film actor with 147 IMDb roles so far. He's appeared in regional and off-Broadway theater for decades, winning three Drama Desk Awards and an Obie. Broadway work includes Loose Ends and Gift from the Old Country. He's appeared in more plays at Central Park's Shakespeare in the Park than any other actor. He's been a regular or recurred on TV's Crime Story, Widows, Law & Order Criminal Intent, Person of Interest, American Odyssey, The Sinner, Sneaky Pete, Manhunt, Blindspot, and Secrets of the Dead, doing narrations for that. Films include Starting Over, Glory, V.I. Warsawski, JFK, Angels in the Outfield, The Day After Tomorrow, and Green Lantern. Apart from a single appearance on a 1950s talk show, Patrick Cranshaw's first role was at age 41 in The Amazing Transparent Man in 1960. From there, he became a working character actor into the 2000s, generally playing bank tellers and store managers. Films include Bonnie and Clyde, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, The Hudsucker Proxy, Almost Heroes, Best in Show, Old School. He was all over TV and guest roles, a regular or recurring on The Doris Day Show, Alice, and Mork and Mindy. Cranshaw passed in 2005. David Aykroyd started on daytime soap Another World, going on to runs on Dynasty, St. Elsewhere, Wildfire, Foofer, and the new Yogi Bear show, that was all voice work, and A Peaceable Kingdom, and a lot of TV guest spots. Peter Michael Goetz has spilled his time among the stage, Brighton Beach Memoirs, The Last Night of Ballyhoo, and a lot of regional theater. TV, The Edge of Night, The Kavanaugh's, Room for Two, and The Faculty, and films The World According to Garp, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Glory, My Girl, and Father of the Bride. Aftermath actually did quite well to start, hitting 100 million viewers in its premiere, the most successful premiere since Laugh-In. It hit 3.5 on the Bazinga scale and was the number 11 series overall. Part of this was due to momentum from the series whose time slot they had taken. It also helped that Morgan and Farr had the second and tenth highest Q scores based on likability at the time. Alan Alda was number one. CBS was cocky enough to move it in its second season to air against the A-Team. CBS marketed a campaign that the show would shut down the NBC series, but the opposite happened. Ratings crumbled, and Aftermath was gone just nine episodes into the second season, with a final episode not even airing. One other MASH regular appeared on the show. Gary Berghoff appeared in a two-parter as Radar as he plans to get married. A second spinoff called W-A-L-T-E-R never made it past a pilot. I watched the show on YouTube we get a very familiar opening riff before it segues into a muted sax number. Potter brings us up to speed via a letter to Klinger. It's a rather gentle comedy-slash-drama with a message. 
I was surprised how much I liked it. If this show had been left in its original time slot, it might have run for years. Madeline premiered on CBS on September 27, 1983, at 9.30 p.m. A vehicle for comedian Madeline Kahn, as well as a remake of UK series Pig in the Middle. She plays a woman in a predictable marriage to a husband played by James Sloyan, a writer of romance novels. So she decides to break out of her rut and try new, trendy things. Jesse Wells plays her best friend, who's divorced from a swinger, played by Louis Giambalvo. Francis Tacker plays the husband's editor, who may be interested in real romance with him. We covered Jesse Wells in episode 92, technically episode 88A, for husbands, wives, and lovers, and Francine Tacker in episode 101 for Good Time Girls. Madeline Kahn's mother got divorced to follow her dream of acting, and so did Madeline. She earned a drama scholarship to Hofstra and worked as a singing waitress in college, which led to her discovering a talent for opera. She got work on the stage, nearly getting a big break in Promises, Promises, before her role was written out. Her Broadway debut was in Leonard Silman's New Faces of 1968. Other stage work, Two by Two, Boom Boom Room, a Drama Desk win and Tony nomination, On the 20th Century, a Tony nomination, Born Yesterday, a Tony nomination, and The Sisters Rosenwig, Tony and Drama Desk wins. Apart from a short in 1968, her first film role was in 1972's What's Up Doc with a Golden Globe nomination, followed by Paper Moon and a Golden Globe nomination, At Long Last Love, The Cheap Detective, The Muppet Movie, First Family, Clue as Mrs. White, Betsy's Wedding, Nixon, and a SAG nomination for the cast. But maybe best known for her association with Mel Brooks, Blazing Saddles as Lily von Stupp with an Oscar and Golden Globe nomination, Young Frankenstein, High Anxiety, and History of the World Part 1. She also played the voice role of Gussie in An American Tale and Gypsy Moth in A Bug's Life. Despite O. Madeline's short run, she earned an Emmy nomination for the role. She did win an Emmy for an ABC after-school special. She was a regular or recurred in TV's Mr. President, New York News, and the 90s Cosby series. Khan got a cancer diagnosis during that last series and passed before the end of the run. James Sloyan received a scholarship to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and began a long career interrupted by a drafted stint in Vietnam. He had a run on Soap the Doctors before getting a role in The Sting, and after that, he was all over TV in guest roles from the 60s to the 2000s, recurring or a regular on West Side Medical, Blind Ambition, Murder, She Wrote, Party of Five, and The Young and the Restless. He seemed to concentrate on Trek guest spots, appearing in multiple roles on TNG, DS9, and Voyager. Sloyan is also a sought-after commercial voiceover actor for Sprint Nextel, Lexus, Mitsubishi, and movie trailers. His daughter Samantha is a well-known TV actress. Louis Giambalvo is a well-known character actor with 100 IMDb roles, the last in 2009, 
After co-founding the Colonnade Theater Lab along with Danny DeVito and Peter Scolari, he started a long career in TV and films, a regular or recurring on The Gangster Chronicles, The Devlin Connection, Knott's Landing, Hill Street Blues, Anything But Love, and a ton of guest spots along with films Airplane 2, The Sequel, Real Genius, Jagged Edge, The Deadpool, Weekend at Bernie's, The Bonfire of the Vanities, and Hoffa. O'Madlin only lasted a short season of 18 episodes. There's a whole Lucy and Viv thing going as Madeline drags her friend into doing trendy things, which end up in slapstick moments. The show was nominated for two technical Emmys. This was the first series to be produced by Carsey Warner, which would go on to a long career in sitcoms. The Cosby Show, Roseanne, Grace Under Fire, Sybil, Third Rock from the Sun, That 70s Show, Grounded for Life. They would remember Madeline years after their successes, getting her a role on the 90s Cosby series. Found an episode on YouTube for a short-run series. It had no less than three versions of the opening theme, two including Khan singing. I picked the wackiest version to play here. Khan sells the show to the best of her ability, which is a lot. She and Ethel, sorry, Doris, go exercising. Then our heroine gets trapped in a bathroom. I half expected Ricky Ricardo to come in and say, Lucy, you can't come to the club. More of 1983 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.